Hello and welcome to Stranger Swapping Strangers, podcast number 65. A big welcome back to anyone who's returning and thanks for stopping in to anybody who's new this week. So in this week's podcast, I get a chance to talk to and share the stories and music picks with Martin Bispells. And Martin I met through the Wall Street Deadhead family where, gosh, I've met so many amazing people and many, many on this podcast. In fact, after my last Wall Street Deadhead family member, Deadhead friend, I did a self-imposed moratorium uh, for a little while on uh, friends that I had met via that way. And uh, when Martin and I recently connected about some ideas, you know, I decided it's time to lift the moratorium. And I asked him if he'd be a guest, and he said yes, and, and here we are. So we are back in the Wall Street dead ahead ahead. And, uh, you know, what's really cool and why I guess I've met so many cool people and talk about it is, you know, this Deadhead family, it is all about, you know, networking with one another and, and helping each other and being such a community. And it's so cool. Um, you know, Martin and I were talking about some ideas, uh, some business ideas. He specializes in sales and marketing for small to medium-sized businesses, helping them grow, and just really cool stuff that uh, he was really happy to share some of his insights and ideas. Uh, I attached his link to the Stranger Stopping Strangers website. It's growwithmartin.com. Had a really good time getting to hear his stories and uh, and I picked a really cool music theme with this podcast. It's a spring tour and it's spring tour because I have such spring fever up here in the Northeast. It just cannot come soon enough. That is uh, what we're going to listen to. And, you know, these introductions have been getting, you know, longer every time. And I think it's just because the community is growing with the people that I connect. There's just more information uh, that I want to get out there. So on last episode, I talked to Randy Friedman. And in our conversation, we mentioned Woven Free. And, you know, we're friends and have been in touch since. And they said they want to do a 15% off discount for their custom jean jackets for the podcast listeners. So if you've checked them out or want to go check them out over at wovenfree.com and want to look into the jackets, the coupon code is SSS for Stranger Stopping Strangers. So I'll put the link on the website as well. It's capital SSS. My last, you know, message I want to talk about is Osiris. And, you know, I talked about Osiris last couple podcasts, and, and I will every podcast. It's it's such a cool family that I'm so grateful to be a part of. And, uh, you know, all the podcasts are, you know, really like-minded. You know, they're connecting the music with the fans and conversation and commentary. You know, all really coming from the same place. So really fun to be a part of their network. And if you're looking for the full list, check out Osiris. OsirisPod.com, O-S-I-R-I-S-P-O-D.com, and you can get the full lineup of the podcast. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the podcast, and I will be back in a couple weeks. Well, Martin, welcome to Strangers Stopping Strangers. Thank you, Stacey. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. I've listened to many, many of your podcasts and have really enjoyed it. And I'm honored to be uh, to be one of your guests. Oh, I'm so excited that we're doing this. I mean, you're well, you're not really a stranger anymore, but I guess we were one strangers. <laughs> <laughs> weren't, weren't we all? Yes. 
Yes. We, we were all one strangers. And what's so funny when we decided, when we were messaging about putting this together is I had had a, uh, a moratorium on a guest that derived from our friend Deb Solomon over at Wall Street dead ahead. And, and I have decided the moratorium has lifted. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm proud to be uh, the, the 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 trial run after the moratorium. Yes, you are the first. Uh, you are the first uh, dead Wall Street dead ahead friend of mine since uh, since I want to say Nathan or par- perhaps Red Roses Green Gold. But my God, I mean, I have just met the fucking coolest people through Wall Street dead ahead. That there's just an endless amount of people I want to make podcasts with because you're all just amazing. The, the the group has been absolutely incredible. I mean, I, everybody I've met has been just awesome. And just the idea that you can reach out to people and they genuinely will try to help you uh, in business or in life is, you know, really something special. Oh, it is. And we're going to talk more about uh, Wall Street Dead Ahead. I have a peek at your song list. It comes up a little later. So we'll we'll unpack that more after a few more stories and songs. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited to hear stories because I don't know, you know, how you tumble down the rabbit holes. Give me a, yeah, <laughs> give us a give us a little background to how you became part of the Deadhead community. Oh my gosh! So uh, it all started when I was a camp counselor. This is like late '80s, early '90s, and I remember my friend Kirk. He was like one of the older counselors. He was like a really cool guy, and we all looked up to him, you know. And he was going in his cool Cadillac convertible uh, with his friend John and their girlfriends at the time. And they were going, like, we had one day off a week, and they were going to a Grateful Dead show. I'm like, what is a Grateful Dead show? I had no idea. And I'd just never been exposed to it. I grew up in a small town, you know, and, and, some, and they were all cool, you know, they're older and they're in the Cadillac and they're going away. And we're like, whoa. And then they came back and, oh, and they're talking about all the great times they had. I'm like, I got to, what, what is this thing? I, I got to figure out what this is, right? So sure enough, okay. So then I get, you know, exposed to the music and get way, way into it. Just absolutely loved it from, from the start. And eventually went to my first show in like early 90s in, uh, at the Philly Spectrum. And the one song that I was obsessed with and they played it that night uh, was Fire in the Mountain. And so that was my like gateway to the Grateful Dead and, and all that it has now become <laughs> in my life, uh, how many years later. So, yeah, that's how I got started. Fire in the Mountains, so let's flesh this out. That was your favorite song from, from listening to before, you know, just the song that spoke to you or did it speak to you like at the show? Did it become your favorite after or was it your before? No, I think it was before I, I started listening to it and I understood the lyrics and I just, there was just an energy about it and, you know, the dragon with matches, let loose on the town. And it just, the whole idea of this, you know, painting the scene and, and telling the story that I just hadn't heard in, in other music. Right. And so, you know, it just evoked this emotion and this energy that I just didn't get from anything else. And I, and I thought, wow, this is really, this is really something special. And then, yeah, and then at the show, of course, they, when they played it, like I was just, you know, out of my mind because I just, you know, to hear it live was a whole different thing. And uh, the energy of that was was just amazing. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, what's interesting about Fire in the Mountain for me. I mean, I I think I kind of came to know the song and, and really dug this story back, you know, in the late 80s 
with the story of the Mount St. Helens erupting. You know that story when they were playing it? Yeah, sure. And I had since told my son that because whenever we talk about like the, you know, magic and I always say, oh, there's magic around the Grateful Dead and being a deadhead. And, you know, they kind of patiently look at me like I'm, you know, the crazy mom that I am. Like, eh, you know, sure, mom. So I showed him that story and, you know, like we Googled it in the pictures and that was the one that kind of looped him into it being like, no, no, like weird shit happens. Like, it's not just (laughs) like, look at, you know, like weird shit happens. And actually he was learning about uh, volcanoes at the time. It was last year. And what's really interesting is I've always dug that song, but I have to say, I think it was last year. I mean, we're now in 2018. I feel like it was sometime about a year ago, like maybe summer of last year that, you know, like songs, you know, they change their meaning to you. They kind of resonate at different times in, in the lyrics. And I feel like, I don't know, I mean, I'm not to sound like anything negative about being older, but to me, this the words of Fire on the Mountain never really fully resonated to me in my life until recently, till I was, you know, a grown up, till I was in my, my 40s. Just the whole, the end of the song, not the dragon with matches a loose on the town, but the more, the more that you give, the more it will take with a thin line beyond that you really can't fake. It's just giving up the bullshit, right? Like, (laughs) 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 and you get to a certain point in your life and you realize, you know, there's a lot of bullshit, right? (laughs) Right. You know, like the more I give, the more it's going to take. And there is a thin line beyond that. I really just can't fake, you know, and (laughs) It, it just, it hit me. It like cut me to the quick, like last summer when I was listening to it once. And I'm like, yep, this is it, you know? So I love hearing that it, that it transcended a teenage you and like looped you in and then, you know, cuts me to the core as a tired 40 something year old woman. <laughs> like, yeah, that, it, you know, that, it, that it means something that, yeah, I just, I'm so fascinated by it. It grabbing a, a teenage boy and because to me it was like uh you know <laughs> like, in, a, in the best kind of a uh way you know in a in a in a relatable way in a mantra way in a releasing way if that makes sense totally and, and music can, can be so formative right in all the stages of your life and you know for me just getting exposed to that whole scene you know camp was very crunchy and and all of that and you know, very much about community building and everything else. And I just felt like the first dead show I went to was like that, like, you know, times a billion. Right. And just the whole idea of right. Strangers stopping strangers and, and just making connections with people that you just met, uh, whether it was at the summer camp and, you know, a bunch of us thrown together in this, this community where we all had to figure stuff out or at a live concert. Right. And it just, you know, it, it just brought around this whole idea of uh, how, you know, you really connect with people and how we all are connected. You know, I just love that. It's one of the reasons I love Key West, just to, you know, transition. I mean, that whole idea of this one human family, right? I love that, that whole idea. Absolutely. No, no, I think it's, um, oh, it's for anybody who is listening, we get it, right? And for anyone who's not, you know, <laughs> like hopefully they will or they won't. But um, no, again, you're, I definitely speak the same language. Well, let's throw back. Let's go back to this this first experience and, and we'll start in with some music because you, you, my friend, pick lots and lots of music. So this is going to be a, a <laughs> very cool music filled podcast. We'll keep the, the conversation to an appropriate amount of rate to make sure the podcast isn't, you know, 
two plus hours, which is yeah, always, which is always my biggest fear. Right. right on. Well, so we're going to go back. So set the scene. Set the scene for me. This is uh, the Spectrum in Pennsylvania. It's in 1992. Yeah, and it was in September, and uh, right, you know, nice fall day, and with friends, and I, I not in the cool Cadillac, but I had a purple station wagon that I drove that I called the Hell Wagon. And I brought all my friends down there and we got there early and we parted the parking lot and then the show happened. Right on. Well, let's throw it back and we are going to go and listen to Fire on the Mountain and then we're going to come back with many more stories and many more songs.
back from listening to Fire on the Mountain, and uh, that was your first show, but with the list of memories and the songs that went with it, you have a, I want to hear about the love of your life and uh, the romantic sweet pick that, that you have next. Oh, yeah. So my wonderful wife of 24 years, who I also met so at the same camp, this uh, where we were both camp counselors, and we met, and there were a lot of uh, summer romances, right, of, among the staff. And, uh, you know, young kids get to know each other and some form relationships. And, and that was certainly true for my wife, Kristen, and I. And we just, you know, boom, just immediately fell in love. And uh, it, was, it was just such a special, special time. Uh, we went to different colleges, but we, that, that was the start of, you know, this whole relationship, six years of dating and 24 years of marriage uh, so far and more to come. And so uh, Sugar Magnolia is the, is the song I always think of with her, right? Because she was my summer love in the spring, fall, and winter, right? And, and now many, many seasons. You know, they were just really amazing years. And, you know, the song also for me speaks to how, you know, our relationship really works. And, and you know, she's got everything delightful. She's got everything I need. And it you know, takes the wheel when I'm seeing double and pays my ticket when I speed. And, you know, we've always had this relationship where she's been the more responsible one. Uh, and I was always kind of the wild college kid, you know, and uh, she does that have fun. Absolutely. But, you know, there's always this balance in relationships and healthy relationships, right, where you complement each other. And, you know, you, where one person's a little out there, the other person brings them back to earth. And, you know, that's a really, really important, you know, dynamic of any good relationship. And, and so that's just part of, you know, why that song, you know, really hits me. But um, just this whole notion of the, con- the continuity, right, of the, what, what started out as summer uh, becoming year round and now years and years round uh, is why that song is really special to me when I think about my wife. Oh, that's so beautiful. And I'm, I'm sure you guys discovered the wonders of nature rolling in the brushes <laughs> down by the riverside, too. A few times, a few times. I remember there was a, there was a poison ivy patch. I mean, that's a whole different story. But, you know, that, <laughs> there were many of those. Yes, indeed. That's awesome. So is she, now, now, does she like the dead? Uh, what's her? She what's does. Her, she does. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Oh, yeah. We enjoy it together. Absolutely. Been to a few shows and. I took our boys to their first show this past summer and uh, absolutely love that. And it was fun for us to now, you know, to see them and uh, the show through their eyes and, and see their reaction to things. And uh, so, yeah, absolutely. We enjoy it together very much. I, I always have it in my, I've, you know, Sirius XM in my car and on my motorcycle and in my office. And it's, it's playing, uh, you know, most of the time on channel 23. She, uh, she's right there with me. Ah, that's so cool. That's so cool. You know, this has been a a topic that I will keep incredibly brief because I've mentioned it at practically every podcast. But as so you probably know, it's probably not worth mentioning. My husband is a rock and roll music lover, but not a deadhead. So I always get like a little like little gooey inside thinking about it being something like just the whole thing that you can share together. And that yeah, it just makes me so happy to hear that. So cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great thing to share together for sure. Uh, he's pretty funny. I've never officially changed the series styles on the, the truck that he usually drives in the 23, but we have like the classic rock channel at 25. So uh-huh. I just, I just know it's two notches down, right? When I get in the car, I just hit 25 and then just go down <laughs> to, and actually he was pretty sweet recently because he, he put on the Beatles. He changed a few things around from, um, I don't like a classic rewind or, you know, he changed a few into some other things. 
And he asked me, like, why haven't you put the Grateful Dead as a program channel, you know, that series channel on? And I always have been like, well, I'm just kind of trying to respect the boundaries. Like, it's your car, dude. And it's not much of a problem to just push it down two notches. (laughs) Once I get in. You can get there from here. I can get there. Yeah. Like, no reason I need to, like, piss on my territory and change your, uh, (laughs) you know, like, we all know that that's what I listen to. And I know it's not on your program dials. So, you know, let's just, I can respect those boundaries and just notch it down to every time I get in the car, then you can just change it when you get in the car and everyone's happy. That's right. No, that's right. You got to respect each other's space. That's important, right? In any good relationship. Absolutely. No, totally. And he knows every time he gets in the car, if I've been driving it, it's on 23, you know, and then it goes, up to, you know, <laughs> then it goes back to wherever and it's good. Well, so for the sugar magnolia we picked, right, this was kind of fun. You know, you and I talked about this before. Like we have like these like scoping grand memories of like the shows and the songs and the songs that are meaningful, but aren't quite so myopic to this particular show open set. They're not incredibly statistical about it. So you said to go ahead and pick what I wanted to pick for Sugar Magnolias. So it's March 30th, and uh, this podcast will be coming out in the middle of April. So we're going to still be in springtime. And we got a theme going on. I started looking into uh, heady versions because, you know, challenged with finding whichever one I wanted. I was like, well, Jesus, I don't know the best one. So I'm going to I'm going to rely on the internet, right? I mean, there's all kinds of opinionated deadheads, which will tell me exactly what's the right version. And sure. uh, yeah, and so I came back to uh, to spring, back to March. So, you know, a lot of these songs, all of these songs that I ended up putting in came back to like different times of the band at this time of year in like the kickoff of the spring tours. So the, the Sugar Magnolia that we are going to play for you today comes from March 22nd. 1990 tour which was you know a fantastic tour and this is coming from the cops coliseum in hamilton ontario canada awesome yeah so it's a new one to me is it a new one to you it is yeah that sounds great i would say anywhere in the 30 years that uh, i've known kristen I, that, that's good with me all right <laughs> well let's uh, let's go and do it let's go back so this was um super high up there i think this one actually was the number one pick on the the heady version which spurred my um my uh, my theme for today. So let's go back to uh, we're going back to Ontario on uh, the 22nd of March in 1990, and uh, and hear a little sugar mag. <laughs> Oh, yeah. 
Well, back from listening to Sugar Magnolia. So the next couple songs, we're getting a little bit further into, you know, your life post-college as like adulting and things. So tell, <laughs> <laughs> right. Crazy about, purple station wagons and all of that. Yeah, the crazy days, right? The crazy days are now are now behind us and we're getting into the adulting stages of your life. So, <laughs> so, so tell us a little bit about the next song and, and what that evokes for you. So the next song is Deal. And what's funny about this is uh, right out of college, I started at QVC, uh, this home shopping channel, right, that you might watch in the middle of the night. And and I started there entry level because I was a TV production major and they had great TV equipment. So I worked in the control room, live television. It's a great place to work. Great experience. And I became a producer. Uh, and then what was funny is it really just changed. Uh, my whole career sort of uh, changed and, uh, and evolved there because it was a great place to grow. It was a fast-growing company. There's all these different aspects of the business. And uh, from TV production, where I started, to then sales, I ended up running sales uh, for the, the U.S. team. And that was across everything, the live TV channel and e-commerce and mobile and social. Uh, and then I ended up running business and corporate development doing uh, acquisitions for QVC and developing new business models. And, you know, really this incredible career, uh, 17 years at QVC where, you know, went nothing like what I expected. I thought, you know, I'd spend a few years and then go somewhere, you know, work another TV station and it just completely changed. And, and I think the obvious, you know, uh, relationship of deal to QVC, you know, the aside, just the, the how this, the song sort of speaks to, uh, you don't ever know, right? And, you know, and how things change and, you know, the unexpected occurs. And that was certainly true of, of my whole time there. I had a lot of crazy celebrity stories and, and lots of fun there. Uh, you know, the whole idea of... Well, I want to hear uh, a crazy like, celebrity story. Are you, is, it, is it not? Now, now you've, you've opened up the can of worms. Is there anything? Is it, is it, do, do, do we have to, like, shoot you after we hear them? Or is there anything that's, like, a public consumption? <laughs> If I told you all that went down, it would burn off both your ears, right? I mean, that's the whole idea. So everything from being in a limousine with Trump and and giving him instructions and exactly what to do for the show, which is a, a riot, to being in the middle of a field with Joan Rivers and a and a cow uh, uh. and his whole shtick that we had, to uh, being screamed at by celebrities uh, of whom I won't name, uh, but you can imagine, <laughs> you know. To working with Tony Robbins, uh, the motivational speaker, incredible, uh, you know, experience working with him as his producer for seven years, uh, or some of the highlights, right? And so I could tell you more over a beer, you know. But again, no, no, uh, I, my my interest is more than people. Well, you have me at Joan Rivers. I mean, I have to tell you, I mean, Joan Rivers <laughs> she's is amazing. She was my icon. I mean, you had me at Joan Rivers. I mean, just the idea that you got to work with her, I'm like, I'm I'm my jaws on the ground. Like she is just, uh, she's just everything to me. I loved Joan Rivers. Well, you know. and she taught me so much, right? You know, because the, the people that really did well on QVC and, and this relationship type, you know, shopping, right? And it's re- we're really the people who were uh, authentic, right? And she was as authentic as they come. You know, she was exactly the way she was on air, off air. And uh, she was great to everybody backstage. She was an absolute joy to work with. Uh, you know, I, I didn't know her that well, but, you know, I, I got to know some of the other folks more, but just when working with her, I just had tremendous respect for what she did and, uh, uh, and how she treated people. Uh, Cause you know, not all of the celebrities were so nice. 
the other part, I mean, besides the celebrities piece, the other really cool part about that uh, was the working with all these entrepreneurs and inventors, you know, people who just came up with a great product, you know, out of nowhere. And, you know, everything from the, the guy that invented the slanket. <laughs> Remember that thing? Oh, right? oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> right. Spreading oh, yeah, thousands no, of copies, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And there were so many entrepreneurs that invented these great products and then got their shot on QVC. And, you know, working with them was such a treat. And then ultimately, I, I created a program uh, called QVC Sprouts that helped them to uh, get on QVC with a lot less risk and create a lot more opportunity for them. And so really, really proud of that and actually resigned uh, from QVC in 2014 to start my own uh, advisory firm uh, for startups. And uh, it was because of that whole experience because, you know, of all the people that I worked with and from Michael Dell to the Starbucks people, you know, you, on and on, you know, what I enjoyed most was working with these entrepreneurs and inventors. And so I decided to, uh, again, back to my wife of 24 years now, incredibly supportive when I said, honey, I think I want to resign and work with these entrepreneurs as a startup advisor. And she said, okay, <laughs> that sounds good. And so, uh, yeah, but that really that whole uh, 17 year experience was, was really incredible. Uh, and I, I wouldn't change a thing. I really learned a ton and, and uh, that's where deals comes from for me. Well, I, I mean, I probably cite deal. I don't know, once a week, maybe as, as an entrepreneurial spirited gal, as you know, and, uh, and a salesperson by trade, you know, and, and a talker right. at that. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, you're really hitting all points. Cause I mean, I absolutely, if I told you all that I knew, I would burn off both your ears um, <laughs> on the regular and uh, yeah. And you got to watch each card and play it slow, you know, you don't, Right, to make that right. deal go down. No, I, I fucking love that song. I mean, I just, I love it. I love it live. I love it recorded. I love it when I'm feeling inspired. I mean, it's on the uh, short list of songs where I, you know, when I need that, you know, that, that get up and go and I want to, you know, push through something. I mean, it's definitely a song that's on my, um, my short list of go-tos for just uh, lyrics that resonate. Well, so in back to our theme of today, I went back the heady versions and now they're not all the number one heady versions but they're all like in the top five because then i once i started seeing some correlations to this you know spring march um feeling i um decided okay that's that's the way we're gonna go so and this is my local venue current local venue not local to 1990 we are gonna go to listen to deal the hartford civic center and this is on the 1990 spring tour and again, such a special tour. And, uh, you know, Brent's last tour, I mean, it was just, um, it was such a special time. Yeah. And this is on March 19th, 1990. So let's roll it.
Oh, you know
Well, back for listening to Deal, and I have to say, I just filled Martin it a little bit on uh, my 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 true. I mean, Joan Rivers. I mean, I could go, I could go on and on and on. I mean, you know, she is uh, just an absolute mentor. And it's funny because the Stranger Shopping Strangers podcast. It's, I mean, I love what it is right now. But you know, you do stuff and you think like, okay, well, what what could it be? You know, with that entre- entrepreneurial spirit or what's your dream for it? And I've often described it as wanting to be the Joan Rivers of the parking lot because <laughs> <laughs> she really coined the you know what are you wearing I mean that was her on the red carpet you know I mean I love the old footage of her asking the celebrities in the back in the early 90s what are you wearing and nobody knew what that what was and that was her her catchphrase and I again my, my dream of dreams for anybody who's out there listening that's gonna turn this dream into reality is to be the Joan Rivers of the parking lot and it be what are you listening to or what do you want to hear or you know what what did you hear last night or I mean there's just I mean so many fun questions that you could just talk to people about that really evoke mm-hmm. that Joan River spirit. You would be great at that. I mean, and, you know, you're a lot like her, right? I mean, you're just fearless. You love talking to people. You love asking the probing questions. I mean, that you know, that's what it's all about. I think that would be awesome. Uh, well, we'll see. But that's, uh, yeah, Joan is, um, Joan is a spirit that lives within me. Yeah, I mean, just a sassy Jewish woman, you know, like somebody, <laughs> I mean, the, her comedic aspect. I mean, I just, I love, 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 like her comedic aspect when she would go in on a topic and then she'd say, too soon? You know? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we talked earlier about like, you know, getting past, you know, not caring what other people think and giving up on the bullshit. And, you know, she was completely authentic and unfiltered. And, you know, she would get on air and, you know, she'd drop the F-bomb, you know, she would talk about the models in a certain way that was like, whoa, you know, <laughs> but she didn't care because she was being herself. And, and frankly, that's why the audience loved her. I mean, she's just so real. Uh, I mean, such a huge, huge, huge inspiration for me. I mean, there's just, again, so much love for for Joan Rivers, so much inspiration that moves me brightly. I, I don't think she was a deadhead. I'd say that's kind of the one thing maybe where the, there was a parting of the ways. I think she was a little bit more polished, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't see her as a deadhead. That's true, yes. No, no. I, I could see her turning up her nose at the, some of the Guatemalan garb and the uh, patchouli <laughs> smell and being like, come back to me with some lipstick, sweetheart. Yeah, she'd say, take a shower, honey, brush your hair, you know, put on on something that's a little more flattering and then we can talk you know I uh that's great I can I can I can definitely see her I could see I could see the expression I could see kind of the nose going up and then her just kind of waving her hands and saying well it's just not for me that's right that's right you got it it's just not for me but uh whatever no, I love it. I love, love, love. So so the next song is going to bring us into our crossroads and kind of throw this conversation a little bit back to the beginning and the lift of the moratorium of the, the Wall Street dead ahead and, uh, and how we met. So tell us a little bit about the next pick. Yeah. So after I left QVC, I was uh, attending different events and I was in New York City and, and at a startup mixer. And, you know, it's a typical startup mixer. There's a couple of people doing demos. And there's a small crowd and there was... And we're mixing it up and, and, and we start talking and I noticed this woman who just had this like energy around her and she had a whole crowd around her 
And she was obviously like, you know, in the startup world, you know, it's all like, you know, who knows who, and it's like, you know, who has influence. Right. And I could just tell like something's going on over here. Right. And so I, uh, I went over to Deb's circle and I kind of joined in and, you know, very quickly, everybody, you know, inclusive and, and we started talking. And of course, you know, eventually like not too long, the Grateful Dead comes up and she looked right at me and she goes, wait a minute, you like the Grateful Dead? I said, yeah, I love them. She goes, what are your favorite songs? So now like the test was on, right? This was the quiz to see if I was legit, you know? And so I was like, Oh my gosh. I mean, you know, Ro Jimmy and Peggy. Yo. And she's like, all right, all right, listen, you have to come to my event. Okay, sure. What, what event? And then she told me a little bit about it and she's like, you know, she's so humble and she just downplays everything. She's like, no, 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 it's great. There's all these people and it'll be great. And you'll meet these people. And, and you know, and I'm like, and I had, no idea what was in store um, because Wall Street Deadhead has been absolutely life-changing for me. And again, my, both my personal and professional life, you know, the people I've met, uh, the business I've done, the opportunities I've been exposed to, people I've been able to help has been because of Wall Street Deadhead and, and because of Deb and how, you know, seriously she takes the group and, and the family you know, the culture that she's, the community that she's created is, is, uh, is just incredible. So, uh, yeah, I always remember that moment uh, and meeting her. And so that's why I, I picked uh, Row Jimmy, because that was one of the, the songs that I said right off, right blurted out of my mouth just to answer the, the test. <laughs> to answer the test. Well, you know, it's kind of funny. So I'm, I, we're here taping this podcast, right? And I'm, I'm in my studio, which is also my basement. In my basement, on the workbench in my, in my studio here, I have next to me my Wall Street Dead Ahead, the, the book that you get at the, the event. Sellers, you know, yeah. the, the, yes, yes. And so I'm looking here to see your so estimated profit. Such a classic oh, yeah. deadhead. Yeah, you gave me every <laughs> song but the one that's in your book, man. <laughs> well, I put a different song in every year. I put a different because cool. I like to mix it up. Okay. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's perfect because it's so hard to pick a fucking song, right? I mean, it's like it's like the it's like the most ridiculous question ever. I remember filling it all out for the last one, and, and Deb's like, "Okay, I got all your information. What's your favorite song?" And it, and I just start like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Like a mic, like so. I like that you right? mix it she, up. It's all about testing people, you know. She's still she just makes sure you're legit, and then you know the fact that she calls every single person up, every new person, to interview them and make sure that they're a fit for the family. Like that's. That's incredible. I, I just, you know, I respect that so much. And uh, the way she puts her personal touch on it and authenticity uh, makes the group incredible. Oh, it does. And now I'm looking at mine. So I picked Scarlet Begonias because, I don't know, it just kind of tied in with The Strangers Stopping Strangers. It just seemed like the natural song that I had to pick. Sure. But I you, um, I like that you just let me in on the fact that you change it around. So now, now it I gives do. me... Yeah, now it gives me a little bit more breath for the next uh, for the next one. So I'm not like locked into Scarlet Begonias because as much as it is one of my favorite songs, there's no such thing as a favorite song, you know, like that's an impossible feat to accomplish. Well, and it changes, right? It changes in the moment. When I when I sent in my form for this year, I went with supplication, right? Just because it was, you know, hitting me at the time. Oh, that's awesome. Well, let's let's throw it back to Road Jimmy. Let's go back to the song that like brought it all together. And in the fashion of this theme, we're doing the the March Spring Tour. Now we were in Hartford in 1990, and now we are going to go back to 77. So this is a 
famous tour as well. You know, obviously this was the Cornell 77. I mean, there were so many great shows in the spring tour of 77, so many favorites amongst so many. And uh, the Road Jimmy that I have selected to play for everyone is from from March 20th, 1977. So we are going to go back there and uh, everybody enjoy. And we have uh, one more story and a couple more songs.
returning from March 20th, 1977, and I've got a couple more stories and a couple more songs to share. So tell us a little bit about your next pick. Yeah. So we were just talking about Wall Street Dead Ahead and, you know, the community there. And Deb uh, invited me to come along to some remote events, right? We took Wall Street Dead Ahead on the road, right? And we went to uh, Chicago and to San Francisco to have sort of mini events and sort of see what the scene was going to be like. And we invited, you know, this course is everybody from all over the country in the group. And so we went around to Chicago and then San Francisco to, you know, network with people, kind of grow the group, uh, you know, have mini events, let people try it out for the first time if they'd never been to the main event in New York. So part of that experience was incredible that uh, we had John Perry Barlow come to the San Francisco event. Not only Barry Barlow, but Geraldine Brandless. It was incredible, right, to have both of them there and, and just having, you know, of course, everybody wanted to talk to John and Jerry and everybody had a chance to talk to John and Geraldine. And, of course, I had a, a chance to do that. And I, I bought John a drink. You know, I think he just wanted some iced tea or something. But I was like, yes, yeah, here you go. What a pleasure to meet him and talk with him a little bit, especially now, you know, knowing that just recently, you know, having him pass away. And so, uh, but just to be around him and to meet him and, uh, you know, I didn't, you know, what do you say to him, right? You know, I like your songs, you know, as you sound dumb, but just, you know, talking with him a little bit and, and, and uh, interacting and then, you know, asking some questions and, and, and having other people talk and, you know, just being around that kind of energy was just, was just awesome. And I enjoyed it so much. It was really an honor. And so I chose Cassidy, right? Because obviously that's one of his most amazing songs, you know, part of that whole experience too was uh, after we, we had the event, uh, I'm, I'm always big on the after party, right? I always say to Deb, like, okay, so then what do we, we're going to do this. And she plans it all and she puts it all. And I'm always the one that's like, okay, so then what are we going to do after that? And she's like, I don't know. You're in charge. <laughs> and so uh, we ended up going out to uh, Terrapin Crossroads and just saw a show. Uh, Phil Lesh was playing, and it was just absolutely incredible to be out there and, and hear the music. And then coming back across the Golden Gate Bridge playing U.S. blues in the Uber <laughs> was, was awesome. Uh, but it all started with that first, you know, that event with, uh, with John Gerilyn, and that's where uh, Cassidy comes from for me. Oh, I love it. And I love Cassidy. I mean, it's it's such a beautiful song. And, and he wrote so many beautiful songs. But I mean, I think in terms of just in my opinion, I mean, his his absolute, you know, masterpiece for for everything altogether. I, I call it Cassidy. I mean, you know, especially now that he is gone and, you know, let the words be yours. I am done with mine. You know, I think it's um, I feel like it's it's he wrote so many songs and I don't ever want to lose sight of the breadth of the songbook and you know I mean, yeah, you just mentioned estimated profit or it's like rain or on and on and on you know you could go on and on about same circumstance and lost sailor and just so many good songs but i mean yeah cassidy's just cassidy's just got it all you know it's got the power it's got the ballad it's got the the lyrics it transcends it's um it's just it's a masterpiece between bob and and john and i couldn't agree with you more yeah, and, and fun, you know, getting to know John and then following him on Facebook, too, and uh, seeing all the pictures of him. And uh, he, has, he had these incredible pictures uh, not too long ago uh, of, of taking these road trips 
and uh, and this convertible that he bought, this you know older Mercedes, and and just you know seeing a glimpse into his life, and he shared some old photos, and boy, I just you know incredible to to just uh, hear those stories and 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 imagine what it must have been like. You know, it's funny in reverse, right? Because I didn't grow up, you know, from really early age. Uh, as a deadhead, right? So I only discovered him when I was like 18, you know? And so I feel like I'm still discovering what, what they were all about, the community they created. Uh, it's just incredible to still be learning all about them and, and what they're about. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, when John died, I mean, that was just, in February, I mean, it was just, I mean, it was just, it was so sad. But, you know, I think he was, he, he was done. You know, I think he did contributed what he wanted to do in his life for his life. And I think that that was, um, you know, he, he, he was done. I think his body was done. And I feel like he had, I don't know, but my, 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 my feeling about it is that there was no, no real fear of death. It was just, you know, his, his, his time here, he created what he was creating and he was, he was going on to going on to something else. And so it was, it was sad for us to lose such a, incredible visionary but i i definitely think it was you know i think it was his time and it's it's really you know after he died of course on, on social media there was all the posts and everything that went on and and I'm, I'm actually pulling up as we talk on february 8th there was an article that was written that i i ended up posting that i thought was uh just absolutely like the coolest the coolest thing from him and it was uh an article that was written the san francisco chronicle by sean ono lennon I'm going to just read this one little piece of it. John Perry Barlow was a master of all trades and a jack of none. He was a wordsmith, a songsmith, a text wizard, a party maniac, car mechanic, and bonafide lady magnet of incomparable intellect. He was an angel and a double agent, a prophet and a pioneer, a digital divination, a master mason, a burning man patron, an internet architect, a political maven, a psychedelic shaman, a counterculture statesman, and a hero to great men. Fucking awesome, right? Like, yeah, that's great. That's awesome. <laughs> isn't that awesome? Like, what, what, I, what better things could be said about a person, right? I mean, right? Like, boom, you know, and I'm a huge John Lennon fan, too. So, you know, to have this be from John's son, you know, about him. Um, I remember reading it and just being like, boom, that's it. There it is. You know, like, that's yeah, it. that's it. I love it. That's... I also love John's, you know, he wrote the, these principles of adult behavior. Right. Have you seen these? The, this list I have. Of, oh, oh, my gosh. I mean, there's so many good ones in there, you know, that. <laughs> uh, become less suspicious of joy. You know? <laughs> that is amazing. You know, just, there's so many good ones. And then, you know, whole, his whole internet pioneer work and, and yeah, it's just an incredible guy. So yeah, just, you know, so blessed to be able to uh, just shake his hand. It was really incredible. That's awesome. Well, I met him briefly. I just shared this on the podcast, so I will be super brief on the story because it's repeat, but I met him with Geraldine at Shoreline last summer yeah, very briefly, very cool. And, you know, Gerilyn and I become friendly and I, I picked her up at his house a couple of times, like just beat me up Arlo's. And he was in the other room with the door closed. So I didn't, you know, talk to him in his home. But I remember one of the times going to the bathroom and just being like, 
like, I got to get in and get out really quick because I don't want to be the chick that was like in Barlow's bathroom for <laughs> anything longer than a quick pee, you know, <laughs> like you got to go in and I'm like, the, I got so self-conscious, you know, of like everything that was around me and like, just get in and get out. Like, don't open up the medicine cabinet, whatever you do, don't open up the medicine cabinet, just get in and get out. Funny. That's funny. Right? Because you don't want to be like that, like have something go awry later on in the day and be like, who is that girl that Geraldine brought over? You know, like, I, we don't know her. Hey, don't get Geraldine upset with you. You don't want that. She's no. Yeah, no, no. I was always incredibly respectful, but I remember just always feeling like, really, uh, you know, that one time, like just being in and looking around and being like, I'm peeing in John Barlow's bathroom and I just <laughs> don't want to touch anything. Is that funny? <laughs> oh, that's great. So there's there's my big uh, yeah, there's a big John Barlow connection and and a, and a brief meeting at Shoreline, which um you know again I'm so blessed to have had now, but um super cool. Awesome. Well let's awesome. well let's go in yeah let's go here Cassidy and uh, and in our uh, theme of the day we are going to stay in March we're going to stay the spring tour but now we're gonna go we're gonna take it to the other coast and we're gonna take it back a few years and uh, so this is March twenty third nineteen seventy four at the Cow Palace. And you know what else is really totally cool about this show is this was the debut of the Wall of Sound. Oh, wow. Yeah, like that gigantic monstrosity yeah. of uh, yeah. speakers, you know, like that, that crazy <laughs> wall of sound. The band, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, uh, if you look into, you know, like the history, I think I've posted in the past and years past on this day, um, it was this show, yeah, that they debuted the Wall of Sound. Yeah, it came up in the top, I don't know, the top 10 of the Hetty version Cassidy's. And I was compelled to to throw it in the list just because I'm a Bay Area girl. I mean, I grew up at the Cal Palace and yeah, fucking Wallace Sound, man. I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> that's pretty monumental. So let's go back and then uh, and we'll be back for one more story and, uh, and a little bit more music. Oh! 
listening to Cassidy and uh, we got one more story you kind of touched on it in the beginning and then I told you we weren't going to play it because you picked out too much music <laughs> and I, I was going to edit it if, uh, before we got on the phone this was uh, it was on the cutting room floor but you know I think at this point you know people I just get so nervous about a podcast that's more than an hour and a half because I think that people just get overwhelmed by the idea of downloading something that they're not going to have time to listen to the whole thing on let's talk about the story and then we're just going to go out with music so for anyone who's listening and you still see you got another you know 30 minutes or so on this podcast I can tell you it's all going to be this show this song so keep listening if you want to hear the tunes or else we'll, we'll do the sign out we'll do the graceful bow out and then uh, we'll leave it up to uh, the dead and company to flesh out the end of the podcast I always so, listen in the car so if you have 30 minutes left in your ride then keep going you know yeah, you can always revisit it. I always try to like put myself in someone else's shoes. And so often I start them and I don't finish them. But if somebody gets this far, just know that if you want to circle back, it's just listening to a couple more tunes. <laughs> I want to hear a bit more about bringing the boys, bringing the boys to uh, Dead and Company and what, what was their, you know, their takeaway from it. Yeah, uh, we, my wife and I have two boys, uh, teenage boys, and and they've all all been musicians their their whole life, and they've really gotten into it. And um, uh, we, we're so so proud of them. They've been in bands, and, and and they're playing all this like great like classic rock, and it's really incredible of their own choosing that they uh, decided to get into and play. They go to this incredible school where they've they've gotten to learn you know how to play music with other kids and really form bands. And so, you know, they've always been into music. And of course, they always hear me playing The Grateful Dead. And so I surprised them uh, with tickets. My wife and I surprised them with tickets to their first show uh, last summer uh, down at the BB&T in uh, Camden. And uh, we're down there. And of course, we do, you know, we get there early. and We have the whole experience. And I'm wearing my tie-dye. And they're like, you know, they're like, okay, like you've told us about this. And I, and I didn't tell them too much. I wanted them to have their own experience, you know. But one of the funny things that happened was, you know, we're in the parking lot, we're hanging out and uh, this lady walks by and she has this shoe that's just like completely falling apart. And otherwise she was fine, but she just had this shoe that was like broken. And so she, she's like asking everybody, she's like, does anybody have any duct tape? And I'm like, duct tape? Like, and my boys laugh, like, who's going to have duct tape? This is ridiculous. And so, you know, in the spirit of, I said, boys, let's help her out. You know, so we started asking around. We started asking everybody, you know, hey, does anyone have any tape or duct tape? Or and so a guy comes up and we ask him, he goes, oh, yeah, he's in the, he's parked the car right next to us. He opens his trunk. He's got a big roll of tape. She's thrilled. She duct tapes her shoe up. <laughs> she's, she's elated. And my boys are like, no way. I can't believe out of all the people and all the, you know, 
and uh, and it's just so classic, right, of, of the Grateful Dead community and the shows where there's always these moments of serendipity, right, where, like, it sort of just proves that, like, anything is possible, you know, and, and I thought it was so fun to see my boys, you know, have that experience and to have that moment of, like, wow, you know, like, just the craziest things can happen, and uh, it's all around, you know, surrounding yourself with the right energy and experiences, and so that was really cool. And then, of course, the show was great. Uh, I think John Mayer is doing a great job, and we absolutely love the show. And again, just seeing it through their eyes, very different than any other dead show I'd ever gone to, because uh, you know I, I behave myself right with my boys. Absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but well, I won't very, ask very any cool. more details. But uh, yeah, 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 oh, we've yeah. We've all been I, there. We've all been there. We've all been there. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's good though. It's just a different. It's a tweak on fun, you know? It's still fun. It's just like a slightly different kind of fun, I'm sure. Totally. It was great. Yeah, really. So much fun. And they and we're going back this summer, right? Because they're coming back. So I already, already got the tickets and they're psyched. I asked them, you know, then it's the true test, right? I'm like, so they're planning in the summer. You want to go? And they're both like enthusiastically. Yeah. You know, so that was that was like the real test of today. Enjoy it. And they definitely did. Oh, that's awesome. So you're going to Camden with them again. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's so cool. So fun. I'm going to sign us off with Dead and Company Camden. And uh, you selected Slipknot into Franklin's Tower. Any points behind that? Just they were like highlights, standouts? So that was like, it's like midway through the set and or thereabouts. And uh, that was when like I could tell the boys were like really getting into it. You know, they kind of like figured things out and they kind of, okay, you know. And that's when, we, and it's also uh, one of my sons, Parker, is uh, one of his favorite songs. So uh, it was just a very cool kind of like, okay, peak of, of the experience. Fantastic. No, I love, I mean, I, oh, I love them all. I was going to say, I love that song. I love Sugar <laughs> Magnolia. I love Fire on the Mountain. I yeah, love that's you. that's why I wanted to play 20 songs, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's why next year my uh, my Wall Street Dead Ahead uh, Network you know roster is gonna have a completely different song. I love that you taught me that trick. I thought I was just like locked into one song forever. You gotta mix it up, you know. I I don't know. We should ask Dev if it's allowed. I guess it's allowed. I think it's okay. (laughs) I think it's one of those you ask for forgiveness instead of permission (laughs) situations. I think she, as long as you don't put something stupid, I think she, <laughs> she's fine. What she told you about the, the person that did the Eye of the Tiger as their no, favorite song. Oh, no, yeah, I never no. heard that. That's part of the reason she asked for her favorite song, to make sure people, you know, have a clue. Oh, my God, that's hilarious. <laughs> Somebody Eye put Eye of the Tiger. Tiger. She said, nope, and she denied him. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. You're like, you had me at I, and then you lost me at <laughs> I'm the tiger. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Eyes of the world. You, you kind of, you're so close. Yeah, right. You were so close, <laughs> and then you just completely dropped the ball, motherfucker. You are out. That's fucking awesome. Right on. Well, Martin, thank you so much for sharing your stories. And, and I'm, yeah, again, I'm really excited that we're friends and that there's good times ahead. You know, we've got summer coming up and shows and things. And uh, so it's, uh, it's, not a, uh, it's not a when we meet, but it's uh, until we meet again kind of situation. Absolutely. No, it's been great talking with you. Thanks again for, the, for honoring me and uh, having me as a guest. I enjoyed it. And hopefully everybody else did, too. Right on. So we're going to sign you off with Slipknot into Franklin's Tower. And this is the Dead & Company playing in Camden just this past June 26, 2017. 
So everybody enjoy and uh, thank you. Bye.
This podcast is in the loop, the Legion of Osiris podcasts. What does that mean? Osiris is a community of great music and culture podcasts. If you like this one, go check out others at osirispod.com and get in the loop. Osiris is partnered with Relics Magazine at relics.com. Everybody is praying in the heart of gold, man, heart of gold.
Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Larry Mishkin, and I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday.